1029 The Mater presents In the Red Zone with Rob Witham. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Massey, Wood, and West and by the Sports Page Grill in downtown Ashland. About this time 52 weeks ago, we welcomed you to the debut of In the Red Zone, live weekly local sports talk emanating from the Sports Page Grill in the center of the universe, Ashland, Virginia. Happy to say we have survived a year, and we welcome you now to year number two in the Red Zone. Very pleasant Monday evening, everybody. Rob with them. Happy to be back with you. Happy to get ready for fall sports. And we say that knowing that uh, football teams could get started as early as last Thursday if they plan on starting their high school seasons on the 29th. Two of the four uh, Hanover County schools are doing that. Patrick Henry and uh, Lee Davis both starting on the 29th of August. Atley and Hanover will be starting practice a little bit later as, of course, they will start their seasons on September 6th. We had David Butler, the brand-new head coach of Hanover, here in the Red Zone Live last Monday night. If you missed that conversation, it is up as a podcast currently at both HanoverCountySports.net and RBASportsNetwork.com. Get a chance to listen to that tonight and uh, it's going to be tonight's the last night it'll be posted on those two sites as we'll move it back over to exclusively our podcast site uh, because we'll be having tonight's broadcast uploaded as a podcast as well so today volleyball and cross country and field hockey they all joined the party some of them got their morning practices in i suspect if they had first practice outdoors at five o'clock the Saturday afternoon that might have been an issue with the storm system coming through and we do have a flood advisory in effect for the city of richmond northwestern henrico county central hanover county southeastern goochland county east central powhatan county and north central chesterfield until eight o'clock this evening that's been in effect now for about an hour and we'll continue Continue for another two hours as a slow-moving line of storms have come through, canceled a lot of practices, canceled walkthrough over at the Bon Secours Washington Redskins Training Center this afternoon. I believe that was the last one prior to the Redskins heading to Cleveland for their first exhibition game on Thursday night. So welcome aboard, friends. In this hour, the head coach of Randolph-Macon football, Pedro Arusa, who was our very first guest one year ago, joins us tonight as we get set for one month from tonight, the beginning of the 2019. Yellow Jacket football campaign under the lights at Day Field. We'll be talking more about that in this hour. Want to lead off tonight, though, with the journey that we took, and it ended in Greenville, North Carolina, back on Wednesday afternoon for a pretty special group of 11-year-old boys who became in June the Atlee 11U All-Stars, and they headed to first the District 5 tournament, which Atlee hosted for the second consecutive year, found themselves with a loss in the elimination bracket having to eliminate a Tuckahoe team once and then turn around and the Tuckahoe team that beat them, they had to defeat them twice, and they did, to win the District 5 title and move on to the Virginia State Championship down in Bluefield where they fell into the elimination bracket a second time and found themselves fighting for their lives. And then in the final, they made it, got to uh, face the 
Indiana American out of Northern Virginia. And as they won the District 5 title by a 4-2 score, they won the Virginia State Championship by a 4-2 count. And they were on their way to the Tournament of State Champions, effectively for the 11-year-olds in Little League, the Region Championship, uh, down at beautiful Stalling Stadium at Elm Street Park in Greenville, North Carolina, the home of East Carolina University. My first visit to that facility it's gorgeous. If you've ever been over to RFMP Park and you've seen Glen Allen Stadium, which, of course, hosts a whole lot of different events uh, from anywhere, say, from 14U up. High schoolers play baseball games there as well. If you can imagine that stadium on a smaller scale with 200 feet fences for 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds. That's exactly what Stalling Stadium at Elm Street Park looks like. And the people down in Greenville were more than hospitable. hospitable. They did a phenomenal job not only running the tournament but making myself and my daughter feel welcome as we made the trip down for the championship. Atley had moved through the pool play undefeated down to South Carolina 6-2 going into the sixth and final inning a week ago today. They were able to score six runs in the top of the six. South Carolina had the bases loaded bottom of the six. Evan Salapka came in, shut down the door, got the final two outs. They finished unbeaten in pool play with an 8-6 to six victory. Atley took care of West Virginia in the semifinals. South Carolina beat North Carolina, so it was a rematch on Wednesday for the state championship, or excuse me, for the region championship. And uh, South Carolina with two big innings, the middle innings five in the fourth and four in the fifth and they pulled away from Atlee for an 11-3 final score so South Carolina won the title but head coach James Lane and the rest of the guys there on the team very proud of their efforts they went 14 and three in a 61 day period playing 17 games uh, in Richmond, in Bluefield, which is about as far in Virginia as you can go without not being in Virginia any longer, right there at the West Virginia border, and then all the way down to Greenville, North Carolina, and there's going to be a lot of excitement going into 2020 as these t- 11-year-olds become 12-year-olds, and we'll see what happens there. The Rockview, uh, the Rockville 10 you all st- Stars continuing play tonight at the Cal Ripken World Series in Phoenix City, Alabama. They are playing the host team this evening. They have been fraught with weather problems throughout that tournament, which began play on Friday, but they've had delay after delay after delay, and it looks like they may not finish pool play now until tomorrow. Brockville's kind of on the outside looking in at this particular point, but they did pick up their first victory yesterday. It's only the second appearance for that program in World Series history, and uh, we hope to have a final look at everything that Rockville did down in Alabama a week from tonight right here on In the Red Zone. Plus, we are gearing up for fall sports season, getting set, as we mentioned, volleyball, field hockey, cross-country started practicing today. Golf has already begun because the first golf event and the first event on the 2019-2020 high school sports calendar in Hanover County is a week from tomorrow down at Hanover Golf Club just west of Ashland. Patrick Henry Hanover, Henrico and Verona will tee it up at 1 p.m., And that'll be the start of the 2019-2020 season, and we won't stop until we crown spring state champions in the middle of June. 
So uh, grab the oxygen mask, take a deep breath. We are about to begin, not the sprint, but the marathon one more time. One major part of that in the fall is the return of football today field. Under the lights a month from tonight, the Yellow Jackets begin the 2019 campaign. And in just a moment, we'll be talking about that and much more live with Randolph Macon head football coach Pedro Arusa. That's on the other side of our first break tonight, live from Sports Page Grill Ashland. Fans listening in on 1029 The Mater, 102.9 FM, 1430 AM. Available links on the net if you want to listen outside the Richmond area. Just go to the top of the page right now at both rvasportsnetwork.com and hanovercountysports.net. And those of you listening tonight on the TuneIn Radio app on your mobile device on Radial, R-A-D-I-A-L-L. We appreciate your company this evening, too. Coach Arusa joins us on the other side of this break. Back in a moment, you are in the red zone. There's more to come right after this short break. Massey Wood and West has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923, offering the finest in HVAC systems, home heating, fuel oil, propane gas, and more. Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil cooling and heating equipment, offering professional service and installation of HVAC systems, gas, or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by a century of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West also gives you one stop shopping for standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and other quality Heil equipment. Call today. Stay cool in the summer, warm in the winter with Massey Wood and West. Call 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Or go online to MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. Massey Wood and West, prompt, dependable service since 1923. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Back live here at Sports Page Grill Ashland on a Monday evening that has now seen the flooded by we mentioned a few moments ago be expanded up until 8:15 and include some new areas in the eastern portions of Henrico and Chesterfield County uh, also the city of Richmond essentially the northern half of Chesterfield County the city of Richmond most of Henrico County now and central Hanover County in the flood advisory until 8:15 uh, just expanded a bit and uh, lengthened a bit by the National Weather Service well we are hoping for wonderful weather one month from tonight September 5th. It's a Thursday night. I know there'll be some people excited about football because there's some National Football League game going on that evening. Frankly, I won't care because 
our focus is going to be right down the street at beautiful Day Field. We're going to be under the lights, and we're going to be watching some fantastic football as the 2019 Randolph-Macon college football season gets underway. You'll recall a year ago, the voyage began in Baltimore when they went to take place, uh, to take take on, I should say, Johns Hopkins University in a game where the Yellow Jackets led at the half. They were only down six entering the fourth quarter, and a trick play and a pick six kind of did the Yellow Jackets in, but it was just the beginning of what ended up being a historic journey all the way through Thanksgiving weekend. We'll touch on that a bit, but we want to look ahead more than we want to look behind with the head coach of Randolph-Macon College, Pedro Ruzas, with us live here tonight in the Red Zone. Coach, it is always an honor to have you with us. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Ready for the season to get started. I was wondering, do you kind of um, manage yourself in terms of as the calendar moves from June to July and then July to August to try to, to get the motor running, but at the same time, maybe not overheat before opening day, just personally, the excitement of it all? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the calendar kind of has a rhythm to it. You know, and you have the football season and then you get into recruiting and, you know, recruiting's become a year round type of deal. So, you know, but it does it is cyclical in terms of what's emphasized at different times of the year. And, you know, even the summer's gotten extremely busy. I mean, we had a, a, a super busy May with with recruiting and trying to get our guys off campus and with our offseason program and spring ball. And then June is an extremely busy month. I mean, J June is it's become absolutely insane at the division one level and that's kind of trickled down to us with all the camps and all the prospect camps and opportunities to evaluate evaluate uh, high school players and uh, get guys on campus and you know july, july is kind of the down month if if there is such a thing as a down month but you, you're still doing a lot of administrative things and you're trying to you know kind of keep an eye on your roster and make sure that things are in line for fall camp uh so you know i, I don't know that there's ever really a downtime you yeah. know but uh you know, it's it's like I said, everything is seasonal, and and there are different times of the year they're busier than others for different reasons, and uh, it's one of the things that I love about the job, though. It definitely keeps you busy, and you're right. There have been so many changes and additions, and we've seen how the Virginia High School League at the high school level several years ago allowing for off-season conditioning and seven-on-seven seven and summer camps, teams going together to those events yeah. and that sort of thing kind of have, has made football a year-round sport even at the high school level, yeah. which had to not only with Division One trickling down to you, high school had to trickle up to the collegiate level as yeah. well. Yeah, too, too much in my opinion. Too much, in my opinion. I think that uh, some of the some of the other states have, have got gotten it right, and that uh, you know they have a designated spring season, and they allow them to go in pads, and you know they regulate some of the seven on seven stuff a little bit more, and mm -hmm. you don't have all these rogue operations where you know you have non non high school coaches running these different seven on sevens. I, I really still feel like the high school coaches are the ones that need to be in charge of these things and need to control the off season schedule and decide you know, how much or how little they want to do with their players. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of that's been taken out of the high school coaches' uh, hands. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just a big believer that, you know, the high school coaches need to be, be in charge of those things. I grew up in Florida. We had a month of spring football. And, you know, I just spent spent a weekend in uh, Texas over, uh, you know, one of the weekends in uh, in May at a, at a clinic down there and spent a lot of time with some of the high school coaches down there. And, you know, they're, they're really, obviously they're, there's a reason why high school football is so big in Texas. They get, they've got the high school coaches in the buildings and it's a priority for them to be in the building. And, you know, they're, they're really into mentoring those young men and, and they've got a spring season and, 
you know, I, I think there's got to be a balance. I think kids have to play other sports. I think they, they ought to be playing football in the fall, and they ought to pick a different sport in the wintertime, and they ought to be doing something uh, different in the spring, and they should be lifting that entire time. There's no reason why they can't lift and play another sport. But I think it's gotten out of hand, and I think the high school coaches, uh, for the most part, would agree. And I would definitely agree as well. Coach, I don't want to look back much, but I do want to ask you this question, and not for nostalgia's sake and not for the sake of just kind of soaking things in, but it was an historic season in 2018, and the Yellow Jackets accomplished some things that had not been done in in decades and some things that had never been done before. When you allowed yourself, when the season was over, a chance to reflect on it, what did you take out of it that's going to help you build for this season and beyond? Well, that's tough because we got so far behind in recruiting that, you know, the, the day that, you know, the season was over, we really had to, to catch up and we had to get back in the office and meet as a staff. And, you know, we, we didn't know when we were going to be able to get out on the road. So, you know, like I said, we're recruiting year round. It's not like there's a recruiting season, then a football season. But uh, I think it was a little bit nerve wracking knowing that we missed that time out on the road. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't really have a whole lot of time to sit back and, and reflect on the season. I, I think that for me, probably the most sobering reality was, you know, getting on the bus after the game and knowing that that was the last opportunity that I would really have to coach those seniors. So, you know, if, if there was any reflection, it was really more about those relationships mm-hmm. with the seniors and, and, you know, just the, the fact that, you know, you were never going to really get to be around those guys every single day ever ever again you know you coach those guys for four years you recruit all of them you sit in many of their homes and uh you know that was that was the hardest part you know getting on that bus and realizing that that really was truly the last bus ride that you were ever going to take with that with that group of kids and uh you know we did our senior banquet in the spring and one, one of the things that i do is i write a a letter to each of our senior players just kind of reflecting on their time in the program and uh that that was you know, again, that was sort of bittersweet. You know, you, you knew you had a lot of great kids in the program, and I was really fortunate to be able to coach all those players. But, uh, you know, it was hard to see them go. And uh, so, you know, it, it was a great season, but I think what we'll all remember about the, the season or, or, or the relationships that we, we were able to build and, you know, what those young men were able to accomplish. So Specifically that senior class, the class of 2019, who as freshmen, yeah. uh, the program is in a situation where you're, you, you're not close to where you want to be. Yeah. You make the surge their sophomore year. You win the ODAC championship. You're in the fight for it in 2017, and then you come back, you win it again in 2018, you get the cha- the uh, first round cha- uh, Division Three championship victory, move on to Muhlenberg and Allentown, yeah. the game you just referenced a few moments ago. Uh, but it was the integrity of those young men that allowed that class to help this team accomplish everything that it did. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. And I think, you know, you, you want to look ahead a little bit and not, not dwell on the past, but I think probably the biggest concern that I have you know, going into the season is that, you know, you, you're losing a lot in terms of the, you know, the character, the integrity, uh, the drive, you know, the leadership that was a, a part of that class. And so, you know, I've got my two deep here from last year and, you know, we've got a lot of really good players back. You know, we lose Eric Hoy, you know, we're losing Christian Redman, we're losing, you know, both of our captains, Shamari Hargrove and Zach Evans, two guys that didn't play a lot of football, but we're just, you know, integral in terms of the, the role that they they played as leaders. And, you know, you look at the, the two deep and other than Jonas Blanco and those few guys that I that I just mentioned and, you know, a few other role guys, 
you know, we didn't really lose a ton of players out of that group of 24 seniors. Right. But what I think a lot of people don't understand is just how important, you know, the leadership is, the chemistry, mm-hmm. and, and all the things that those guys did between the, uh, you know, re- really behind the scenes to, to make some things happen. You know, they filled in a lot of gaps, you know, as a head coach and even with your assistants, you know, you can only do so much and, and fill in so many gaps. And those guys just did so many different things behind the scenes that I think a lot of our, our rising seniors found out very quickly in the off season, you know, wow, somebody, somebody did these things, you know, and, and, and a lot of it was done by that, by that senior class, but it was a very unique group of guys um, a lot of character, and uh, you know we had some guys that played a key key role in terms of what they were able to contribute on the field. But more than that, it was what they did, you know, off the field, behind the scenes, and recruiting. You know, in terms of mentoring some of the young guys in our program, and uh, that that's going to be missed. And you know, it's yet to be seen. You know, what kind of leadership we're going to have, and you know, we've got to bring in a whole new group of freshmen like we do every year and assimilate those guys into the culture of our football program. You know, hopefully we've made really good decisions in the recruiting process, and hopefully we brought in guys that are a great fit for our program and a great fit, you know, for our culture. But, man, it's a, it's a quick turnaround. This isn't like Division One where you have a little bit more time in preseason camp. We don't have any early enrollees. And, uh, you know, in Division One, they're redshirting a lot of those guys. So for us, those guys have to come in and assimilate really, really fast because – they're a quarter or more of your team, yeah. you know, and you're really counting on some of those guys, not only to contribute on Saturdays, but, you know, to figure things out quickly off the field so that they can be contributors in other ways. Exactly. Because whether as a freshman, someone is going to contribute uh, majorly from a statistical standpoint, you just mentioned some of the seniors from last year's team who contributed, maybe not statistically, but so much so from the leadership standpoint, you got to learn that off the field. This is a 168 hour a week responsibility now being a college football player. I know, especially at Randolph-Macon, because every moment of every day, you're going to have learning opportunities on how to be the person you're supposed to be, not just on the field making plays on Saturday, but more importantly, the other 165 hours of the week. Yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge deal. And, and you know, the thing that makes our program go, we, we definitely have some talented young men. We have some guys that, that are obviously very capable football players. But I think the thing that makes the program go is the culture. Right. You know, we, we've been building this thing now for, you know, 15 plus years. And we have, you know, systems for just about everything. You know, how we how we mentor our guys, how we practice, how we do our off-season program, you know, the way we organize our academic program in the off-season, you know, just about everything has a system and a way of uh, going about things. And, and so I think the culture part of it is really the biggest deal. You know, it, these guys have to come in and they have to, you know, assimilate to that culture and help contribute to that culture because... Because that's why I think we're successful, mm-hmm. you know, on, on game day is all the other things that, that we do leading up to that. So. so, Coach, some of the people that we're going to see who are going to be uh, trusted upon and, and, and relied upon by you and your coaching staff in terms of some of the returnees we'll see on the field come September 5th, hopefully, and beyond, uh, that hopefully will build the 2019 edition of the Yellow Jackets. Who are we looking at? Well, you know, Burke Burke is back. Burke Estes is our quarterback. You know, Burke is a guy that, you know, had a really good year last year. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, this year will be even better. We've had a lot of really, 
really good success with quarterbacks that have been in our system for for four years and uh you know that was the case with austin faulkner many years ago i know zach nakarado did a great job yep. for us for four years but uh burke you know one of the things that's really impressive about burke when 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 i recruited burke four years ago okay we we are coming off a pretty tough year we had uh four quarterbacks that started right you know in the 2015 season three of those quarterbacks were all freshmen and all very talented guys and uh one of them at the beginning of the year broke his foot and uh you know i, I thought was probably going to be our guy for four years he had you know thrown for a bunch of yards and run for a bunch of yards in the two games that that he had played for us but then he broke his foot and was out for the rest of the year and then we had a couple of pretty talented guys coming behind him that that played some pretty pretty valuable minutes and uh, joe mcbride started at the end of that year and, mm -hmm. and went three and one and and really did a, a phenomenal job and so you know we were we were looking for a quarterback you know during that off season and you know i may have told you the story before but burke burke came in uh one of our coaches who recruits uh, wilmington had, had brought him up and i looked at his tape and i liked his tape um wasn't wasn't blown away by it but thought he was a kid that we could we could develop but you know the thing that really impressed me the most when Burke came up on his visit, he and his dad came up, and uh, he really liked it up here. And uh, he was one of the easiest kids that we've ever had to recruit. And so I sat down with him and his dad, and I said, "Hey, Burke, I I want you to understand that we have three quarterbacks coming back that all started the game last year. They're all going to be sophomores. I said they're all very talented. Uh, these are all all guys that." you know, played and played pretty well when they had those opportunities and, and they're young. They're going to be around for, you know, three more years and uh, they're going to get all the reps in the spring. And when they come into camp in the fall, they're going to get all the reps. And uh, I'm looking for one guy. And uh, I think you're a guy that that's got a chance to develop, but you know, chances are you're not going to play a lot early on. And, uh, you know, he looked me square in the eye and he said, coach, I, I know I'm going to have to compete no matter where I go. And uh, this is where I want to go. And, uh, you know, I, I, I want to be a part of a part of this program. And that that really impressed me, you know, because a lot of the kids that we recruited that year really shied away from the fact that we had, yeah. you know, three quarterbacks. And, you know, I, I always say this quarterbacks and, and quarterback dads in partic particular can be the most myopic, you know, of, <laughs> of any species. And, and they come in and, and they want to know how many quarterbacks you have and how many reps their kids going to get. Most of them think that their kids are going to start as freshmen. And, yep. You know, Burke was just the opposite. He just wanted an opportunity to compete. And he came into camp that, that year in 2016 and got very, very few reps during camp, but was, was a sponge in our meetings and really paid attention. And when he had opportunities in seven-on-seven seven or in scrimmages, he did a really nice job. And, and, you know, he slowly crept up the depth chart. You know, he started out as number four. And uh, we didn't have a fifth quarterback, so he was, <laughs> he was literally the last guy on the depth chart. And eventually he beat out number three and became number three in about, you know, three quarters of the way into the season. I, I said to our backup quarterback, I said, look, he, he's better. And, uh, you know, he understood. And, and then our, our starting quarterback towards the latter part of that season wasn't playing very well. And we, we fell behind 10 to nothing against Guilford here at home. And yeah. the conference championship was riding riding on that game. And, and Burke came in and we ended up winning 31 to, to 10. And then he came back, back and played I thought a tremendous game in the Hampton City game yes. for almost 350 yards in a game where they, you know, pretty much packed the box and, and played cover zero the entire game and forced us to throw the ball. So, yeah, I, I've always been really, really impressed with, with Burke and the fact that he's he's a competitive kid and he, he doesn't shy away from competition. And, you know, again, 
he he knows we've got some good quarterbacks even on our roster right now that are coming back and and he understands the deal. It's one of the things that I've I've always really appreciated about uh, about Burke. So we're excited about him and you know we've got Trey back, Trey Frederick back for a fifth year. Uh, Trey missed uh, most of his freshman year with a staff infection, mm-hmm. and uh, so he he's back. And uh, you know those those are two guys offensively that that we've got coming back that I'm really excited about. Um, defensively, we've got a lot of really good players coming back. Anthony Williams is back. He had a phenomenal year last yes. year. You know we've got D'Angelo Barr and Calvin Whitehead coming back in our secondary, and uh, you know we 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 rotated a lot of guys up front. It was kind of uh, you know, defensive line by committee, but a lot of those guys have gotten bigger and stronger in the offseason. We, we had some freshmen that we were really excited about last year that I think really developed throughout the course of the offseason. So, you know, it's yet to be, yet to be seen how that, that whole thing plays out. But, uh, you know, ta- talent won't be an issue with our roster. We've got to stay healthy. And, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, we'll worry about those other things. You know, how, how tough a football team are we going to be? And, you know, what kind of leadership are we going to have? What kind of chemistry? You know, what, what's the chemistry in that locker room going to be like? That That's going to be a huge deal. And the guys come into camp, what, next next week, a week from today? Is that correct? Guys report on Monday. Okay. Yeah, we're allowed to start practicing on uh, on Wednesday, and, you know, we'll, we'll kind of ease into it. You know, we'll be we'll be smart about how we uh, get these guys going early on, and we'll uh, we'll go Wednesday through, uh, through Saturday and then give them a day off on Sunday, uh, at least from practice. And get let them get their legs back. I think that's become such a crucial crucial part of oh, yeah. you know what we're doing now is the player safety and how you how you monitor these guys and you know how you pace them through through camp. You want to be able to go really really hard and and, and teach these guys how to compete and and all that stuff. But uh, at the same time, you've just got to be smart about how you you know, how you progress these guys through camp. Yep, how you go about the process. Coach, a couple of quick questions yeah. on the ODAC and beyond. Can you hang for just a second? Absolutely. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back, we'll continue our conversation with Pedro Aruza, the head football coach at Randolph-Macon College. We get set one month from tonight, opening night at Dayfield. Number four, Johns Hopkins, who made it all the way to the national semifinals a year ago, is the opening night opponent for the Yellow Jackets, and that game will be heard live and exclusively right here on 1029 The Mater. At that Thursday, September 5th, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff. Back in a moment, live at Sports Page Grill. Ashland, you're in the red zone. In the red zone. We'll take a short time out. We'll be right back, so stay tuned to the Mater. Massey Wood and West has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923, offering the finest in HVAC systems, home heating, fuel oil, propane gas, and more. Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil cooling and heating equipment, offering professional service and installation of HVAC systems, gas, or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by a century of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West also gives you one stop shopping for standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and other quality Heil equipment. Call today. Stay cool in the summer, warm in the winter with Massey Wood and West. Call 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Or go online to MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. Massey Wood and West, prompt, dependable service since 1923. 
Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program. And new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-418-0534. 800-418-0534. 800 Sports Talk Year 2 beginning tonight here on In the Red Zone Live at Sports Page Grill Ashland. Rob Witham, happy to be with you on 1029 The Mater, 102.9 FM, 1430 AM, as well as fans listening tonight online at rbasportsnetwork.com and hanovercountysports.net and on the TuneIn Radio app on Radial, R-A-D-I. ALL and those are all the outlets where you can hear the game of the week high school football beginning on August the 29th collegiate Cougars football beginning Friday September 6th and of course Randolph making college football beginning a month from tonight under the lights at Dayfield Thursday September 5th taking on Johns Hopkins so, coach back with us Pedro Arusa so glad you're with us tonight uh, uh, we, we won't talk as much about the ODAC scene and the ODAC preview and, and that sort of thing I want to talk a little bit about the schedule shuffle that took place <laughs> with the of course Ferrum came on board as a full ODAC member yep. last year Southern Virginia has come on board as a football member this year so you've gone from three non-conference games to two and your bye week, which traditionally has been a few weeks into the season uh, before you head into ODAC play in September, has been pushed back to near the end of October. First, uh, how do you feel about the fact that you've only have two to schedule from a non-conference standpoint? And I think you got two pretty good ones on the schedule. Yep. Uh, and number two, the addition of Southern Virginia, the bye week change, just as a coaching staff, how do you approach that? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I'm I'm really really glad that we we only have two non-conference games to schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean that 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 is an extremely tough thing to do to try to find a third non-conference game, and uh, you know we're very fortunate that at least for the next two years, Southern Virginia is going to be a part of our conference. I think that's going to help tremendously. Um, again, it, it it was really really getting tough to schedule those non-conference games, especially the third, especially the third game. You know, yeah. the, week week one is usually not that tough. Week two, you know, same same deal. But uh, when you get into week three and week four, I think that becomes a little bit more challenging. And you know, hey, we're playing two really really good teams in the uh, in the first two weeks. You know, you, you look at uh, Hopkins and what they were able to do last year and what they've been able to do historically. 
And then, uh, you know, Avert had a great year last year. They were 8-2. and two. The only two losses that they had were us and Maryville, two playoff teams. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, you know, I thought they did a, uh, a really nice job. Coach Adams has done a really nice job with that, uh, with that program. But uh, the challenge of having to play seven straight games, I think that's something we haven't had to deal with for a few years. You know, the last few years it's been three non-conference games, a bye week, and then you get into the conference schedule. So... You know, again, that that was part of the reason that I said we were going to really have to manage camp, and uh, you know, really take care of our guys throughout camp, and and make sure that we're really healthy going into the season. And we're we're really just going to have to to take, I think, a little bit of a different approach in terms of, you know, how we go about things early in the season because we're not going to have that break, we're not going to have that bye week, we're not going to have that opportunity, you know, to get guys healthy if if it comes to that. So. I think that first part of our uh, schedule is going to be a meat grinder. I think it's going to be tough, and uh, you know our guys are going to have to really take care of themselves, and, and we're going to have to be very, very uh, methodical and intelligent about how we go about things. And I know a lot of people are focusing on the opener, and, and rightfully so. Going to be a very exciting game. Johns Hopkins, as you just mentioned, phenomenal opponent. Saw them last year in Baltimore. Saw how they went through the championship all the way to the semifinals. So they obviously have national championship aspirations this year. But don't overlook the trip to Danville the following Saturday, as you just mentioned, against Averett. That's a program that's been on the rise for quite some time. And yeah. frankly, they've given you great games here over the last three, four years. Yeah, uh, it's really a tough way to start the the 2019 season. It's a tough way to start, but a good way to start. Yes. And uh, you know, we're not we're not looking past anybody. I mean, we we we've never looked past anybody. I, I think that uh, our kids are smart enough to know that anybody can get be, can beat you in a uh, given week. And yeah, I, I'm not even worried about Hopkins right now. I'm worried about you know next week having a great uh, start to camp. And, right. You know, worried about having a great football camp, and then we'll worry about beating Hopkins and. And then we'll turn our attention to the next opponent, and we'll do that, you know, every week. That's the only way you can do it if uh, if you want to be any good, yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, you start to look ahead, and and you're going to get beat. And, uh, that, again, it's a, it's a tough league. We know there's a lot of parity. I don't want to, you know, overuse those cliches because we all know that, and uh, it's, it's, it's spoken about a lot. But... Uh, you know, yeah, we're, right now my only concern is getting ready for camp, and I'm not, I'm not looking too far beyond that, really. No, I don't, I don't blame you. But you're right about the parity of the ODAC. If you just go back a year ago and look, Bridgewater takes you to double overtime at homecoming. Ferrum sneaks up and gets that win in early yeah. November. You've got, obviously, Washington and Lee. You've got a Hamden-Sydney team yeah. that's, that's craving to get back yeah. to, to, to the top of the conference. Emory and Henry yeah. was supposed to be there last year. Slipped some. That's your first opponent at home September 21st. It's just each and every week there. And we talked about this last year, Marty Wilson and I, every week on the broadcast in the pregame show, we, we took it one step at a time. Okay, they took care of this. Now they've got to take care of that and not worry about what's coming up ahead. And when you do that, you end up with the fruits of your labor, such as you did last year. Yeah. No, nobody snuck up on me. I can tell you that. No. You know, Ferrum didn't <laughs> sneak up on me. I mean, we we're, we have great respect for every opponent on our schedule. And, uh you know, we, we play a really tough schedule, and, and it's a very tough league. And, uh, you know, b bottom line is if you don't come prepared, you're going to get your butt kicked every week. So, I mean, yeah, we, we're not looking past anybody. And, uh, you know, we, we, we have great respect for everybody on our schedule. Just as a quick aside, last year's win over John Carroll in the playoffs, is it hopeful just from a personal standpoint that the ODAC hopefully will get a little bit more respect on the national level in Division Three, if you continue to see conference playing at the level that it is now and beyond? Yeah, I would hope so, because I think that that's, uh, 
you know, that, that was a very good football team that we beat and uh, in a very, very good football league. And uh, you know, I'll tell you, their defense was as legit as any defense that, uh, that we've played against. I mean, that, that defense and the Muhlenberg defense that we saw the week after that, those were the two best defenses, you know, other than the Mount Union defense that I saw in 2008 that we have played against in my entire time here and we saw those guys back to back Back to back so you know you know absolutely i think that uh you know you hope it helps the league and uh you know you obviously it helped our program you know tremendously to go out there and be able to match up with a with a team of that caliber you know i've, I've known about john carroll for a long long time that program has a great tradition and i have great respect for the way that they you know they run that program and the the caliber of uh players that they have and the caliber of team that they had last year. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to help our league tremendously. The conference also into an agreement a few weeks ago with um, uh, the Convention Visitors Bureau down at Virginia Beach and with the Apprentice School to create essentially uh, a postseason game, a bowl game, if if you would. November the 23rd, ODAC representative will go down to the Virginia Beach Sportsplex and play there against the Apprentice School. Just give me your thoughts quickly on that decision and an opportunity for let's say only one ODAC member yeah. the champion makes the NCAA Division Three championship. Yeah. A second team has a chance to, to go down, have an extra game, and maybe use that as a springboard into their offseason, especially if they're a team on the rise. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a great, great opportunity for the ODAC, a great opportunity for the Apprentice School. Uh, I think their head coach uh, has done a really nice job with that program and has, he's recruited really well. And, uh, you know, we all recruit that. 757 area coach so i think it's another opportunity to get some exposure in that that area and hey hey, the bottom line is you know as i told my staff this afternoon it's an opportunity to play an 11th football game so if you're not fortunate enough to be in the in the uh, ncaa playoffs yeah i I look at our 2017 team you know we got off a little bit of a rough start we had a bunch of starters that we had to replace off a conference championship team from the year before right and uh, I think to have an extra week of practice to be able to play another game that that would have been a tremendous opportunity so I'm, I'm really excited about it I think it's going to be really good for our league and uh, really good for the apprentice school and uh, you know I think they do things right there they have a first class operation and uh, you know I, I think it's going to be a really good opportunity for the ODAC final thoughts 15 years in Ashland. Can you believe that? It's flown by. It's flown by. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's just, it's crazy to believe, but all the ups and downs that you have seen. Um, what is it that keeps Coach Aruza at Randolph Macon and excited and energized about leading the Yellow Jackets onto Dayfield? Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things. I, I could talk about this for, for a long time, but I, I've been really, really fortunate in that. I've been able to coach some unbelievable, unbelievable kids over the years, you know, and a lot of those guys are now on the staff and uh, we've got a great staff that, uh, you know, has, has been the core of our staff has been together for, for quite a while. And, and, you know, it's fun to come into work every day, you know, with those guys, you know, the guys that played for me and the guys that didn't play for me, we just got a great, great uh, chemistry and a great group of guys that, I think that's been a big part of the reason that we've been successful is because of the staff continuity and the way those guys, you know, work together and the way those guys work with me. So that's, that's been huge. I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine much better, better human beings than the guys that we get to coach at, at Randolph making. So that, that's been a huge plus. 
Um, you know, I, we've had the same athletic director for the majority of my, my time there. Yep. Uh, President Lindgren has been really, really good to me, really good to our football program. And uh, just having that continuity is, has been awesome. Uh, Ashland, you know, they call it the center of the universe. And, you know, I, I started drinking that Kool-Aid early, early on in my time here. I, I love living in Ashland. I think it really is an unbelievable place to live. And, yeah, I've been really fortunate in that, you know, my wife and I have been able to raise our family here. And, you know, Owen, my, my oldest son, is a, is a Patrick Henry. He's going to be a senior this year. Holy but, uh, you know, he was two years old when we moved to Ashland. And Kara was pregnant with Ella at the time. Mm. And, uh, you know, we had we had Ella not, not too long after, uh, you know, I think it was exactly two weeks after we moved here. <laughs> I don't know if I should say that on the radio wow. or not. She moved from St. Louis and, and was a trooper and, mm. and you know, wasn't, wasn't expecting to have Ella quite that early. That but, early. You know, two weeks after we moved here, uh, that's a great story I'll have to tell you about sometime. That sounds we, like we a didn't deal. Have, yeah, we didn't have anybody to even watch Owen because we were so new to the uh, So new to the area. To tell, we got really lucky. I'll tell you this quickly. There was a kid I was coaching at Washington University, Ryan Allerman, whose father played at Penn State. And his sister, Lindy, and I knew the family really well. She was on the lacrosse team here at Randolph-Macon. So she watched Owen when Kara went into labor. It was a great uh, – Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, everything worked together, you know, for a reason. And, and just the way things came together was un unbelievable. It was definitely, uh, you know, I, I think providential the way that things things worked out. But, you know, Will, Will's been in the same school system. Ella's been in the same school system. Owen's been in the same school system. Kara's got a lot of relationships and friends in the uh, in the area. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely had its ups and downs, and it hasn't been perfect. And you know, there have been some frustrations along along the way. But uh, I feel very, very fortunate and, and blessed to, to live in Virginia and to live in this town and uh, you know work at a place like Randolph Macon and 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 it's the people that make your experience. And and we've been surrounded by some really really unbelievable people at the college and and in the town and it's it's just been it's been awesome i've 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 love i love this place i i love uh love where i live and i love where i work and and i love the people i get to do that with and so that that that's a huge positive you know what that, more could you ask that for? makes all the difference in the world yeah. i think the the reciprocation is there too this town's appreciated you and your family for the last decade and a half as well no doubt about it well, thanks no doubt well coach september 5th will be here soon guys will be in next monday best of luck through camp get them through healthy and ready to go and we will see you on day field a month from tonight yeah can't wait football season is my favorite time of the year i feel like i spend the whole year waiting for uh waiting for the season to come around it's it's awesome i you, love it you and i have a different christmas morning don't we <laughs> i love it <laughs> yes september 5th cannot wait coach pedro russo yeah. thanks so much for being with us yeah, tonight thank you very much always a pleasure yep. take care we'll come back have more here live from sports page grill ashland is in the red zone begins year two on this monday night back in a minute live on the mater you are in the red zone we'll be back with more from the red zone after these messages where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. 
When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. High school football is back on the Mater. Hi, friends. Rob Witham inviting you to join us for the season premiere of the high school football game of the week, Thursday night, August 29th, part of a two-night doubleheader week one special. Then join us every Friday night at 630 all season long for all the action here on the Mater. I'm Mark Davis. Be sure to catch the On the Sidelines pregame show right here during the game of the week every Friday during football season at 630. Then tune into On the Sidelines every Friday at 1115 on NBC 12. Back live here on this Monday evening. Heard a crack of thunder and saw a little lightning while we were talking to head coach Pedro Aruza there a few moments ago. I guess the storm is trying to regenerate, and that flood advisory we talked about at the top of the broadcast does continue for essentially city of Richmond and maybe about 25 miles, 30 miles radius. All around the area now, they extended it uh, down to south and east of the James River as well until 8.15 this evening uh, as this storm system continues to move through. Well, we mentioned a few moments ago, top of the broadcast, that tonight we begin year two of In the Red Zone here live at Sports Page Grill Ashen, which is very, very hard to believe. Uh, feels like we just started this show, and this show would not have happened uh, without the cooperation and the hard work uh, and the appreciation of everybody here at Sports Page Ashland. My buddy Squirrel is hanging out with me for just a couple of moments here. And I want to just, Squirrel, first of all, thanks for coming by and sticking the headphones on. Absolutely. And, and, but number, number two, and most importantly, thank you so much for your hospitality uh, and for allowing this little crazy idea of ours a year ago to take flight. And, and here we are starting our second year. And I know that we have something that's very much in common. That is a love and appreciation of supporting local sports. Absolutely. And I know that's one of the, one of the driving forces behind what you do here at sports page it is and uh the one thing uh we do here at uh, sports page is we do the pre-game meals for patrick henry high school for their football games uh, on their away games anyway mm-hmm. so we uh, i thoroughly enjoy that watching the team come in and, and get their pre-game meal before yeah before they head out yep. yeah that that has to be fun and i, I can't tell how many times either monday nights or other times when i come in just as a patron of sports page you walk in there's a team or there's a half a team that just say, hey, let's go to sports page after practice. Right. You've got so much camaraderie building and chemistry building that happens in this building that Coach Aruza was just talking about. That's just as important as having great talent on your roster. Absolutely. It's just a great community thing. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy them coming in. I, I try to engage all the people that come in here in conversation uh, just to get an idea of what's going on in the community and just thoroughly love it. So tell me. What's going to happen September 5th? Because there's going to be a big crowd at Dayfield for opening night, and that little thing called the National Football League decided they'd start their season that night, too. It's like, oh, my gosh, there's going to be so much going on that evening. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll have it all on. We'll have uh, Randolph Macon on in here as well. We'll be streaming that as well. So, um, you know, we'll have both. NFL and Randolph making on in here. So for some reason you can't get over to Day Field or whatever the case may be, hope you'll join us for that. But you can you can catch the coverage here. And I also want to personally thank you for what you guys did in terms of bringing coverage back here during 
their playoff run last year. Absolutely. Enjoyed that. I was uh, one of the best times I've had in here since, you know, I've been, I've been doing it. So. Uh, oh, I mean, just, just phenomenal. And, you know, for myself and for Marty Wilson to make the trip and to watch the game and bring the excitement back to the fans and knowing the fans had a place where they could congregate and enjoy the experience together. It's one thing to have it, you know, listening in your car or one thing, you know, watching it online on your laptop, maybe at home. But when you're with 50, 75, 100 other Randolph-Macon fans and you're watching them win their first playoff game in 49 years, that's insane. And you guys provided that opportunity. Yep, and the the hooping and hollering that that was going on that afternoon was phenomenal. Uh Phenomenal. Well, one last question before I let you go. Does anyone like your wings more than Phil Stanton, the sports information director at Randolph-Macon? That's a tough one because uh, he comes in quite often to get them. So that's, that's a tough one. But uh, I do believe we have the best wings in Richmond. So, you know, I understand why he does it. I know you've got the best wings. I think he's probably your number one fan. I agree. That's just agree. a rumor. Squirrel, thank you so much for your hospitality this past year. Looking forward to working for you, with you for a long time. Absolutely. Let's keep it going. Absolutely.